Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Here during the holiday season, we'll be taking a little break from 2 Corinthians. Be kicking that back off in January, back in our expositional series through 2 Corinthians. But today, I want to talk about thankfulness as we prepare for uh, Thanksgiving. So if you have your Bibles, uh, open up to uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. If you don't have your own copy of God's Word, that's okay. Just open up to page 1354 in the Pew Bible there in front of you. 1354 in the Pew Bible in front of you. As you're opening up there, I want to say uh, I, I, I wanted to uh, make clear that I do think one thing that we've changed this year, I, I don't think we'll have a very long line for lunch because I think you'll be seated and they're going to bring food out to you, so that would be really nice. But if there is a line, as it forms, if you would, just form that line down the long hall and not up the stairs. It just makes it a little easier to get to and uh, makes it easier for folks to get around and that kind of thing. So, so just bear that in mind. And then remember, we do have a couple of choir practices this afternoon as well after lunch. So we look forward uh, to that. Well, if you have your Bibles open there, I want you to stand with me out of reverence for the reading of the words of our God. The Apostle Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and we believe in such a way that as the words on this page being read, God himself is speaking to us, beginning in verse 12. Put on, men, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so also you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let's pray together. O Lord our God, would you open our hearts this morning to receive your word. And God, we pray we would be changed by it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. In the culture and society that we live in, it seems and it feels harder and harder to be thankful. It just seems sometimes, to me at least, as a pastor, that, that just in the lives of people I encounter and in the world as I look at it, it, it feels like something's just not quite clicking in terms of gratitude. We, we may call it entitlement, we, we, we may call it sort of demanding rights or whatever else, but, but it just seems harder and harder to be thankful. We're so busy keeping up with others, looking over our shoulders, making sure we get ours, that it's easy to forget to be thankful. In fact, I, I think covetousness is one of the besetting sins of the world we live in today, and we don't talk about coveting very often, this view that Blessings are a zero-sum game that if someone else is blessed, I'm not. 
it, it creates an, a toxic environment for thankfulness to grow in. It, it, it's hard to be grateful. And you see, we also aren't naturally bent toward being thankful. We don't have a natural tendency toward being thankful. In fact, it's something, if any of you are parents or even grandparents, it's something you recognize you have to work really hard to teach your children to be thankful. We find ourselves saying things like this all the time. Let's not think about what we don't have, but focus on thanking God for what we do have. You know, we live in a world in which our children can sit on YouTube for six or eight hours and watch an endless stream of kids opening up toys. We've, we've, we've seen that happen, and, and all it does is, for our children at least, it just makes them covet. You know, we can't think about all these. We can't even walk in their rooms for all the toys. We just want more. It, it, it's easy for us to be not thankful. We're bent toward being not thankful. And yet here we have in this text, and we're actually going to look at the whole book of Colossians, but focus in right here because you've got three sort of punches really quickly of thankfulness but I love this and this is kind of the centerpiece of the theme of thankfulness in the book of Colossians I I love this little sentence and be thankful and be thankful I think that's a sentence we can tack on to almost anything we do in in fact here you see the apostle Paul in chapter 3 presenting us with really the core of the Bible's view of what it means for a Christian to walk with Christ putting off wickedness and putting on holiness in Christ. And in the midst of this big, glorious truth, there's just this simple aside, and be thankful. Every single chapter of Colossians talks about thankfulness in one way or another. There's four chapters, and there's a, there's a verse or a section about thankfulness in every one of these chapters of Colossians. Paul kicks the book off in Colossians chapter 3, Chapter 1, verse 3, he says, We always what? We thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. And then down into that little introduction in Colossians, in chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, he says, From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glory and glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. Once again, Paul is thanking God for the Corinthians and encouraging the, I mean, the Colossians, and he's encouraging the Colossians to thank God. But he goes on in the rest of the book to demonstrate to the Colossians why they ought to be thankful. There are lots of themes in the book of Colossians, but I think one that's so overlooked is the theme of thankfulness. So we're going to look mainly at chapter 3, but one, one, one little section in chapter 2 and one little section in chapter 4. And we're going to look this morning at five ways to cultivate a heart of thankfulness. It's a five-point sermon here this morning. That way, when we're done, you can have five ways, five reasons. You're thankful it's time for lunch. And uh, five, five ways to cultivate a heart of thankfulness. Five approaches, just five truths that can help you develop and keep a heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness in your life. Five ways for, 
for you to practice thanksgiving in your heart and your life. Here's the first. Rejoice in gospel thankfulness. That's our first point this morning. Rejoice in gospel thankfulness. Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You combine this with the passage we've already read in Colossians chapter 1. You begin to see the way that Paul is telling the Colossians they need to be thankful to God for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, the, the gospel grounds us in authentic thankfulness. The, the gospel drives us to genuine thanksgiving. You see, if you really grasp the gospel, if you really live out the gospel, if your life's been impacted by the gospel, the good news that Jesus died for us and rose on our behalf, then, then you can't help but be thankful for what Jesus has done. In, in fact, not only for Thanksgiving, but all through the Christmas season over and over again and then on into Easter, we tend to, to just think on and reflect on what Jesus has done for us. You just can't help but be thankful if you're a Christian. We're thankful as we consider the gospel for adoption into God's family. We've talked about that some this week as we've, I mean, this last couple months as we've looked at 2 Corinthians about the fact that we should be thankful for the fact God adopted us into his family. There's something to be thankful for. We ought to be thankful for forgiveness. If you've ever been in a fight or a tiff with someone, they finally forgive you. It makes you feel good. It's good to be forgiven. But think about this. Think about what else the gospel does. The gospel ensures that you'll always have someone to be thankful to. That's, a, that's an interesting thought, I think. The gospel ensures you'll always have someone to be thankful to. If Jesus has done for us what the Bible says he's done for us, and I believe he has, and if God loves us the way the Bible says he loves us in Christ, and, and I believe the Bible is true, and I believe that God really does love us the way the Bible says he loves us, then we have someone to be thankful to. You see, I, I think one of the challenges we have as a society and one of the reasons why I think it's hard to, to be thankful in the world we live in is because we are increasingly losing someone to thank. Don't think for a moment that an overly litigious, that an overly demanding, that an overly self-centered, that an overly ungrateful society isn't tied to an increasing secularity. In fact, as we live more and more in a post-Christian world, in, a, in an increasingly secular world, I, I think that you'll begin to see people who know they ought to be thankful, they just don't know who to thank. You see, we're born to be thankful people. Even though we're not bent toward it, we ought to be. And anytime we receive something, we, we know we need to thank someone. And here we have an increasing amount of things in our world to be thankful for. Greater prosperity greater good, all sorts of great things. The, the easiest and best civilization probably in the history of the world that you could have lived in, you live in. And yet, there's nobody to thank. See, but the gospel gives us not only reason to be thankful and reason beyond 
those good things that we've been given, and simultaneously it gives us someone to thank. It introduces us to God. It brings us into relationship with the Lord and always puts us, every time we have the opportunity to be thankful, we always have someone to thank. The, and that would be God Himself. But also, how could there be a Christian who understands the gospel, a gospel Christian, if you will, who isn't thankful? One of the things that mesmerizes me are people who claim the name of Jesus who, who don't live lives of gratitude, who still feel like they're owed something. Brothers and sisters, if you're in Christ, you're owed nothing. You, you have already been told the worst news possible, which is that the only thing you deserve is God's wrath. And you've already been told the best news possible, that by God's grace, not through anything you've done yourself, but by God's grace, you can receive righteousness and forgiveness through God, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. How can you hear that news and not be grateful? I like to wake up in the morning and think, amen, man, I'm with you. I like to wake up in the morning, man, and think, today, I'm not in hell. And that's a good day. You like to think like that sometimes, man? Nan's with me on this. I like to just wake up and think, today, I, I could be in a gutter somewhere. Right? I, I don't have to be where I am right now. And, and we all have friends, loved ones, folks who are in very difficult places in their life. And I look back and I say, but by the grace of God, there go I. Today, this very day, God could be totally just in, in punishing me. In hell, and yet here I am able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. How can there be a gospel Christian who isn't thankful? Brothers and sisters, if you're never thankful, if you're never grateful to God, if you never find yourself overwhelmed with thanksgiving, check your heart to see if you really get the gospel. But God doesn't leave us there. Not only should we rejoice in gospel thankfulness, but second of all, we must also walk in sanctification thankfulness. We must walk in sanctification, thankfulness. Chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And be thankful. What a beautiful passage this is. At the, at the core, at the heart of the message of the book of Colossians, where Paul's talking about what it means to be sanctified as a Christian and how we put off deeds of darkness and put on the attitude and, and characteristics of, of Jesus Christ. And, and here we see then the heart of the book of Colossians' message on thankfulness. Paul adds this sentence in here, and be thankful. You see, it's simple. The more you become like Jesus, the more thankful you become. As you grow in Jesus, you will grow in thanksgiving. Stop for a moment this morning, for those of you who are believers here today, and think about the fact that you're being grown and formed and made into the image of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? God didn't just save you and leave you where you are. He's in the process of making you more like Jesus. And so think about what you have to be thankful for. You, you, you can be thankful thinking about what you were and who you were and who you are and what you're becoming. I hope, as a believer, you're thankful for those things. 
You're thankful for that out of which God redeemed you. I hope you're thankful, no matter what it might be. You may have one of these great testimonies. Some folks do. Let me just back up and say, I'm not always grateful for the way that we talk about testimonies. As if it's a bigger miracle for God to save somebody out of some life living in the wilderness than it is to save someone out of a minister's home or out of the church. It's a miracle of God that Preston Turner is a believer now. Don't ever ever miss that. You know, he grew up in, in the home of Woody and Kylie Turner. He's been taught the Bible since the day he was born. He's done nothing but go to church, and it's still a miracle that God would save any sinner. In fact, if you look back to the, the, to the parable of the prodigal son, at the end of the parable, only one son is lost, and it's not the prodigal. It's the religious son that's lost. And so we look back to what we were and who we were when God saved us, and it's a miracle, and we are thankful to God that He found us when He found us and where He found us, and that He grabbed us out of it. We're thankful. And then we're thankful about who we are right now. I think I'm, I'm, I'm not who I used to be, and I thank God for that. There's a thing going on on social media right now where folks post pictures from 2009 and 2019. 2009 to 2019. And uh, so I kind of like to think about, what was I like 10 years ago? You know, what was God doing in my life 10 years ago? And guess what? I feel like I'm different now than I was 10 years ago. I think I've grown over 10 years and then I think about the next 10 years who I was who I am and what I'm becoming and all this by God's grace we're being changed and there are things right now that I don't like about the way I act about who I am about how I think and I'm praying every day and and working according to the scriptures and by God's grace to try to change into a better person only by God's grace It ought to lead us to be thankful as we grow in sanctification, as we are putting off the the deeds of unrighteousness and putting on the clothing of Christ. We ought to be thankful people. And so we begin with a thankfulness in the gospel and a gospel thankfulness, and we continue as we are made more like Jesus with sanctification thankfulness, but our thankfulness doesn't stop there. And that's our third point this morning is this. We must exult in worshipful thankfulness. We must exult in worshipful thankfulness. Verse 16, chapter 3. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, doing what? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You see, thankfulness transforms our worship, and thankful worship transforms us. That thankfulness transforms the way we worship, and as we worship with thankfulness in our hearts, it transforms us. Now, you're here today in worship, and so it's a good opportunity to do this thought experiment with me. Think with me for a moment. When you're worshiping God, and not just worshiping God at church, It's not the only place we worship God. I hope you worship God all the time. But particularly, I think when the Bible talks about singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and uh, Ephesians, the the phrase is added there, to one another. And so by, by and large, I think this is talking about what we do when we gather together as a church on the Lord's Day. I think it's a description. As we admonish one another with wisdom, I think that's what we're trying to do on the Lord's Day. 
and then to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But what do you have to thank God for when you're at church on a Sunday morning, when you're worshiping God with God's people? Well, first thing I hope you do when you worship is thank God for God. Such a big part of what we do, isn't it? It's a big part of the songs we choose to sing and the way we preach and the way we teach is that we want you to get a glimpse of who God is and why you should care about who God is. We, we believe in a big God theology that we look to who God is and are, and, and are just every Sunday thanking God for the fact that God is God. It's a good thing. I hope you thank God for His church. One thing I like to do when I worship here on Sunday mornings, I think about the Millions of other Christians around the world who are also worshiping Christ on the Lord's Day. I like to think about the thousands of other Christians just right here in Etowah County who are worshiping Christ on the Lord's Day. And it makes me thank God for His church. I hope you thank God for the Lord's Day. There's a special day set aside for you to gather with the Lord's people to worship. I hope you thank God for the fact that He's asked His church to gather. He could have built His church in a way where we never saw each other. But isn't it good that God brings us together? He's commanded us to gather. I think we ought to thank God for music when we come together. Isn't it amazing that God gave us the ability to do beautiful things, to be creative? And isn't it amazing that God doesn't only sanction but encourages us to use those gifts and talents to glorify Him in worship? We've seen that happen already this morning. And so we ought to thank God for music. We ought to thank God for music when it suits us, and we ought to thank God for music when it doesn't, because when it doesn't suit me, it probably suits somebody, and I thank God for that. Thank God for praying together. Thank God for the Word. Imagine this idea. Every Sunday morning when you wake up, you just say to the Lord, God, today when I go to church, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to have a heart of thankfulness when I go to church. Lord, I, I, I want to just thank God for this day. I want to thank God for you bringing me here today. Lord, the preacher made me park across the street, but I'm still thankful. Lord, I got a little cold today, but I'm still thankful. Lord, I got a little hot today, but I'm still thankful. Don't you think? Lord, I had nursery duty today and I didn't get to have my normal Sunday routine but I'm still thankful you think about all those folks right now who are downstairs preparing Thanksgiving lunch for us right now they got their whole Sunday disrupted and yet I guarantee you every last one of them by God's grace is thankful for the opportunity to serve don't you think that you'll sing louder don't you think your heart will exult all the more if you transform the way you view church, not as something you have to do, but as something you get to do, and that you thank God in the process? What does he say? We sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. We're a people of gospel thanksgiving, a people of sanctification thanksgiving. We present to God worshipful thanksgiving. And then fourth of all, we must embrace everyday thankfulness. Embrace everyday thankfulness. This is a popular verse I'm going to read to you really quickly, but I think we miss part of it. And whatever you do, verse 17, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. We stop there, don't we? 
We've all heard that verse so many times, but we stop there. I'm afraid we stop there. What does he say? Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Christianity is always, I want you to hear me so carefully when I tell you this. Christianity is always grounded in flesh and blood, everyday reality. Just the other day, my my daughter asked me, why didn't God just save us? Why did he send his son into the world? And there's all kinds of theological realities about why God chose to save us the way he chose to save us through Jesus Christ becoming man, becoming flesh. And as Christmas bears itself out, we'll talk about some of those realities, I'm sure. But one of the things I reminded her of on the back end of not just why, but but a good news is that God always makes sure that Christianity is not just out there somewhere. No, he came here. There's flesh and blood reality to what God has done. And any Christianity that's so high-minded that its feet leave the ground, it has ceased to be biblical Christianity. And so often we find ourselves so enamored with, quote, spiritual things and, and so fascinated with spiritual things that we miss God's will in the everyday of what we do. And think about how true this is with something like thankfulness we we miss what the bible teaches in james chapter 1 verse 17 when he tells us every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change any good thing in this world anything we've been given anything that's good is a gift from god and and similarly here paul tells us do everything in word or in deed in the name of the lord jesus now as far as i'm concerned the word everything really does mean everything and everything we do in word or in deed we're doing in the name of the Lord Jesus and in the process we are giving thanks to God the Father through him in other words we could do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and just grit our teeth in the process couldn't we it's like when I get sent on errands I'm not always so pleasant about it that's a confession right and so God may ask us to do things, but say, I'll do it, but I won't like it. But this last little phrase transforms the way we do things, right? We do them giving thanks to God the Father through Christ. You see, our whole lives are meant to follow a pattern of Christ-centered thankfulness. This transforms how we live. It, it transforms all of our work into meaningful work. Now, this one's for me. I wrote this in the sermon for myself. It transforms hassle into something to be thankful for. It strips us of our constant desire to make sure that we are at the center, that we are getting what we deserve, that we are doing what we're supposed to do, and it puts God at the center instead, and it makes us thankful for all that He has done for us. And so when we're sitting in traffic and don't want to be, we can thank God for the fact that He's in control and that He saved us and that we don't have to have our day ruined over a little bit of inconvenience. We are a people of gospel thankfulness, a people of sanctification thankfulness, a people of worshipful thankfulness, a people of everyday, regular old, boot leather Christianity, thankfulness, and finally, we must be watchful in prayerful thankfulness. We we must be watchful in prayerful thankfulness. Look with me in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer 
being watchful in it. With what? With thanksgiving. Being watchful in prayer with thanksgiving. Be watchful, the Bible says. You see, we're not going to coast into anything worth coasting into. We, we must be watchful, the Bible says. And, and I don't think he means only to be watchful for prayer, but I think he's tying these two ideas together around the idea of watchfulness, prayer on the one hand and thanksgiving on the other hand, that Paul is bringing them together saying we must be watchful in both. He's tying them together. I don't think we're naturally bent toward prayer or thankfulness. Anyone who's ever been on a, on a we had a prayer wall in my church growing up, you had to pray for an hour. Anybody who's ever been on a prayer wall like that knows you're not bent, naturally bent toward praying. Ten minutes in, you say, well, man, somehow or another, I stretched a whole hour of praying into ten minutes. Wow. I must be a really amazing Christian to get that much praying done in ten minutes. Now, you understand, anytime we sit down, you feel like you've been praying forever. But you see, we're not naturally bent toward either, and we need watchfulness if we're going to grow in both. And, and what we must recognize is that one leads to another. You see, being thankful sends us to God in prayer. And, and going to God in prayer makes us thankful. The more time we spend with the Lord, the more He's going to cultivate in us a heart of gratitude and a heart of thankfulness. And I really believe God hears our prayers, and I believe God answers our prayers, but don't think for a moment that one of the means that God uses to transform you is your own prayers. God. Be watchful, the Bible says. Be watchful in prayer and thanksgiving. We're thankful to God and it makes us pray and thank God. It helps us pray, as Nathan mentioned earlier, without ceasing. Because so long as there's something to be thankful for, there's something to pray about. It helps us develop patterns and tendencies toward going to God with everything. All we do, we live in a world where thankfulness can be hard to come by. But isn't it cool that just some common grace God's given us every year is a day set aside. When you're cramped together with family, when you're eating too much food, when you're watching football or you're just visiting or playing Rook or whatever your family does at Thanksgiving, isn't it cool that you have an opportunity to set, it out, set aside a day just to give thanks? And use it for that reason. But between now and then, and between this year and next year at Thanksgiving, I, I want to challenge you to make it a point to be watchful in being thankful. To, to really set your heart toward being thankful. No keeping up with the Joneses. No, no checking over our shoulders to see what blessings everyone else has. No making sure we get ours. No focus on what everyone else has, but just a commitment to have simple hearts. Gospel transformed, sanctified, worshipful, prayerful hearts that are thankful to God every day and in everything. A, a, a commitment that we have just to go about our year doing all that God has given our hands to do. Work, kids, our spouse, practices, church, keeping up with the house paying the bills, calling your folks, caring for your loved ones. Some of us are going to be struggling. Some of us are going to be triumphing. Some of us are going to be worn out. Maybe you might have a period in there where you're well-rested. 
There can be weeks and months of grueling work. There'll be times of great joy and vacation and refreshment. All the while, we'll be worshiping and praying and more. Can we just commit our year to doing all that God has given our hand to do and be thankful? And be thankful. I want to offer an invitation this morning. If you've never put your trust and faith in Jesus for the first time, I I believe you have something to be thankful for today. He is standing with arms open wide, waiting to receive you by His grace and through faith. If you'll turn from your sins and repentance and turn to God in faith through Jesus Christ, I believe you will be saved. And second of all, you may be a believer and you may say, Pastor, I've just not been as thankful as I should be. And you may just want to symbolically come here to this this stage and pray here at these steps and, and ask God to give you a more thankful heart. Or there may be something else completely different on your heart and mind. This is open for you, and I'd be glad to pray with you this morning as well. And finally, you may be looking for a church home. I'd love to talk to you today about what it means for you to be a member here at First Baptist Church. After this prayer, I want to invite you to come. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, our God, we are so grateful to you and thankful to you for all that you've done for us. And God, I pray that you would cultivate in each of us a heart of thankfulness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.